Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. I'm Suzanne Kearns, Mom and Dot 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate, and today a summer camp chauffeur. And I'm Missy Stevens, Mom and Dot 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 writer, foster care advocate, and today crazy bird lady. We'll talk about that in our Look, Listen, Learns. Interesting. And today we are so thrilled to be joined by Wendy Ahrens. Wendy Ahrens is a Mom and Dot 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 award-winning humorist, writer, and author of the forthcoming funny book for adults, I'm Wearing Tunics Now, and the middle grade book called Ginger Mancino, Kid Comedian, which is featured prominently behind me for y'all watching on YouTube. <laughs> She's written for McSweeney's, The New Yorker, Daily Shouts, U.S. Weekly, BuzzFeed, Texas Monthly, and more. Wendy's blog was named Funniest Parenting Blog by Parents Magazine, and she won the Iris Award for the Most Entertaining Writer. She also teaches comedy writing camps for kids, which my son has actually attended, and she lives in Austin, Texas with her husband and two sons. Welcome, Wendy. Welcome. Hey, good morning. Thank you for having me. That's a nice introduction. Yeah. It's always nice to have your introduction read. <laughs> yes. That's good. Yes. And Wendy uh, is joining us live from the Westin. So if you hear any interesting noises in the background, um, she's yeah. dealing with Austin traffic and heat this morning. So good luck. Yeah. yeah. So, well, we talked a little bit about your amazing career highlights, but we wondered if you could talk some about where you started and where you are now and if motherhood in particular changed any of your journey or at least changed the way you thought about your journey. Uh, yeah, it was uh, motherhood was the biggest disruptor I've ever had in my life. And my book, I'm Wearing Tunics Now, comes out on October 4th. And it details basically my life from age 30 up until now. And I kind of go through my life's trajectory where I was always really, really career focused. And I can't remember ever not having a job. And I went to college and got a film degree. And then headed to LA with the proverbial piece of shit car and $200 and was going to make it in the movies. And, you know, eventually wound up working at Warner Brothers and I had these jobs. And I just started to realize around the age of 30 that I couldn't see myself having kids and living life in LA that I think I wanted, the more traditional life, you know, and I've, I've thought back, like, was that the right decision at the time? But, you know, it's what, what I did. And so I went into advertising. I started copywriting because I knew that was something I could do anywhere. I didn't have to live in LA. So it was a strategic plan to do something. I, I still was going to work. I, you know, didn't ever plan to not work. So my husband, Chris, and I moved to Austin, sight unseen pretty much, back when that was a novelty, not like now when <laughs> right. they're moving vans lining the freeway. But we moved here yeah. in uh, 99, and I got a job right away uh, at a downtown Austin ad agency writing commercials and radio spots, and I just loved it. I was creative. I was using humor and being paid to write for the first time in my life, and it was just wonderful. And then I got pregnant. And then I was laid off when I was five months pregnant. So as I say in the book, you know, it's hard to get hired when you have a stomach, you can screen a 70 millimeter movie on. And I, <laughs> but I kept trying. I mean, I'd waddle into job interviews. Yeah. I 
did. You know, I went to an unemployment fair. The only person I was interested in me was a U.S. Marines recruiter who looked at my stomach and was like, ah, we can work with that. So, but I, I yes. Okay, Marines, come on in. Yeah, come on. Uh, But yeah, I was just so driven to always be able to tell somebody like, what do you do? Well, this is my job. Like that was my big identity. So I had to just really grapple with all of a sudden being a stay-at-home mom, which is I never, ever in a million years thought that I would be doing so. But as you well know, unless you're like pretty high-powered executive or you have a really long established career, you probably won't make enough to offset the cost of daycare. Yeah which I couldn't do. We didn't have any family in town. So I just sort of resigned myself to being a stay-at-home mom. And then I had, so I had Sam and then two years later I had Jack. And do you want to interrupt or do you want me just to keep rambling? I just, you just <laughs> keep doing well, you. That's good. Well, you can keep doing you, but it's a, yeah. a little something in the background. It sounds like you're getting hit with metal bars. Well, it's a flagpole. Oh, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> they hate America. They hate America. <laughs> I'm so anti-American. Stupid flag. Okay, we're going to have to move you again, Wendy. Okay. I'm not trying to be anti-American. I think we're better. Okay. Yeah, we were talking about the pivot to being a stay-at-home mom unexpectedly, which I think a Mm -hmm. lot of our listeners and the two of us really relate to. Yeah. And that decision to like, well, I can either spend my entire life savings to put them in daycare or... I can figure out another way to do this. Yeah. And it also speaks to this idea, not unwillingly being a stay-at-home mom, but this, not everybody goes into it saying, this is my life calling and I want to, like, this is what I was made to do. Some of it's out of necessity or some of it's just out of, you know, the things that happen in your life, layoffs, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we do try to encourage women, no matter how they became stay-at-home moms, to make the most of that time. We call it making your lipsies count. My mug's got um, <laughs> lipstick on it, but you know, all the dot, dot, dots after I'm a mom and dot, 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 making your lipsies count. And you've done so much of that, so many different things. You kind of my six degrees of, <laughs> not Kevin Bacon, of Wendy Aarons. Um, you've touched so many different jobs and so many different contacts with people from all over the world. So can you talk a little bit about how those opportunities were either presented to you or that you went after them? Yeah, there's a big chapter about this in my book because it is, it's an unusual way that it happened. And you were both there kind of with the beginning of blogging and hundred percent, my world is the way it is now because of blogging. And that gave me an opportunity to meet like-minded women from around the world and around the country. And the majority of my close friends right now are met through writing and through blogging. And they weren't connections that I was making with the moms at preschool or at school because basically all we had in common was that we reproduced at the same time and we lived in the same zip code. And they're fine. A lot of those women were great, but there's, you know, chapter in the book where I talk about going to mom prom. Like I kept trying to find the women that made me excited and happy and challenged and, and I wasn't finding them and there's nothing wrong with those women. They just weren't the people that I wanted to be around. So I started writing little humor pieces. I wrote something like I entered the funniest person in Austin contest and wrote this sketch that would get me canceled today about Paris Hilton <laughs> and it won it was performed at Esther Spollies and that was 
my first toe dip in saying, oh, I, I, people like my humor. I could do this sort of thing. And then the thing that really changed my life was when I wrote uh, an always maxi pad letter from McSweeney's, I think that was 2008. Yeah, and link to that for everybody. Yeah, link to that. But that was, you know, McSweeney's at the time was kind of a niche satirical website. You know, nobody I knew really read it, but they had a, a page called Open Letters to Entities Who Won't Respond. So I wrote this kind of outraged feminist humor piece about have a happy period on the always maxi pad. And it went viral before Facebook and Twitter existed. People were printing it out and mailing it to each other. It had my name in Austin, Texas on it. So people would track me down. Like I got called by two shock jocks from a West Virginia radio station one morning. And they're like, we're live on air with the angry period lady. But that, um, that was just like, oh my gosh. And, you know, I, nobody knew what going viral was. It was really kind of disturbing and weird, but it led to me starting my blog because I'm like, oh, I'm getting some attention. Why don't I start the blog? And then through that, I met so many people who are my close friends now. And you both know that one person can lead to another opportunity, like meeting my friend Ann Emig through our blogs because we both like this, have the same sense of humor. We were both writing about it. kids about the same age. She started something called Listen to Your Mother, which was a um, show that both of you are very familiar with and you're both in and Suzanne produced it uh, after I did. But that led to me meeting more people in Austin. So if I were to go through all these people that you say I know, there's a path. Like I met you. Well, it is a six degrees, like you said, but it's these people I just found so fascinating and interesting. And I found this group of women that wanted to help each other and support each other in all of our creative endeavors. It was so <laughs> separate from my life as a mom. It was my life as a, a creative human. So I don't know, that's long story short, but, but that, all of these have led to me finally getting my books. And in fact, the book I have coming out, Ginger Mancino, Kid Comedian, happened because when I was on stage for Listen to Your Mother, which only happened because I met Ann Emig, who I met because right. I started the blog, uh, a woman was in the audience to see her sister, and she was at the time running a small literary company and said, hey, have you ever thought about writing a kid's book? And so I'm like, oh, I, maybe I will now. So then I started writing Ginger, and it's been a few years before it's come to this point. But none of that would have happened if I hadn't started my blog and then Anne and then blah, blah. So my success is because I put myself out there. And if I read something by somebody I think is great or interesting, I'll track down their email address and send them a note. Um, I've done that a lot. And it's, and again, not in a second kind of way, but just like, you're really interesting. I'd like to meet you or just let you know, I, I appreciate what you're doing. And I think this was great. So it's just, it's being open and being interested and does that make sense? I love that. I That's how I met Amy Wilson is I wrote her a note and yeah. said, mm-hmm. I good, read this good, book good. and I think this was great. And I used to do that more. You're mm-hmm. encouraging me to do it again. But that yeah. is how I met a lot of people back in the early days of yes. the internet where we finally had this easy access to people, I guess. And, and the people that were online, everybody was online to meet other right. people, you know, not in the Tinder sense, but we just, <laughs> yeah. we, we weren't being satisfied with what our social group was in real right. in real life. There's some yeah, there right. was there's a part that wasn't being filled, I guess. Yeah. And I mean that's how 
we met some of our best friends, yep. similar situation. It's mm -hmm. a group of friends mm -hmm. that encourages each other in our professional and creative endeavors. It's not mm -hmm. about our parenthood. We certainly talk about it because that's part of our yeah. lives, but that's not what our friendship was founded on. And that's not what pulls us together and has continued to pull us together. It's that mm -hmm. similar drive. And that's such an yeah. interesting point about the challenge of, you know, it takes a village or whatever, but what happens when the village that you're geographically located around doesn't fit you? Yeah. And I mean, it's great to have connections and to have these relationships and to have other people, but I don't know, it can be kind of soul sucking if they're not the right people. So it yeah. is important to hold that standard of who are the people that feed me and I find interesting and that you don't leave that interaction just being like, ugh, I should have just right. stayed home. Yeah. And, and I do say this in my book that I was so concerned with being a good mom and having my kids well-liked that I probably did hold back a lot of my real personality when I was dealing with other moms. But on the page, on my blog, I was more blah, you know, kind of, mm -hmm. I felt more free to express it there. So it's weird. And, and maybe if I had been more of myself with the other moms, it could have been different. I don't know. So for anybody who's out there is like, oh, I would love to be doing something that's more my passion project or just mm -hmm. my interest. How old were your boys at this point? And like, how, was it during nap times? Was it when they were at a Mother's Day out? When were you finding time for that? Yeah, Mother's Day out for sure. But they're probably the early kindergarten-ish years. And again, I write humor pieces, so it's not like novels. I mean, I, there's a reason I went into copywriting. I like really short things. So I started a discipline when I had my blogs, like every Monday, I'm going to have a new piece up there. It's not like people were waiting by their keyboards for this new piece to come out. So I don't know. Actually, there were about 10. But, um, <laughs> but that was just my own personal, like, because when you have kids, everything's just chaos. I'm like, this is my only thing. And I'm a very fast writer. So sometimes I'd sit down and write it 15 minutes before I posted it. But, you know, other times it took longer. But you just have to be selfish. You have to take your time. Uh, I remember back in the day when we'd go on vacations, family vacations, and you're so exhausted and all you want to do is go to bed. But as soon as the boys would go to bed, I would take my laptop and head on out to the bar or the hotel or wherever. I'm like, I just need to have an hour to myself. I need to think of something or I saw something funny today. So I'm going to sit down and noodle around and see if that's, that's the start of something. Mm -hmm. And I probably was not as well rested as I would have been if I hadn't taken that time, but it was just, you know, like there's, there's some new term that people are calling that. It's like you're taking back your life when you're, you're claiming your hours after the kids are in bed. I've just seen oh, it, yes. it online. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And I never, I always thought it was just me, but it's apparently like a very common thing. Even when the boys were newborns, I would, I bought the best American short stories and I was like the walking dead, but I'd make sure that every night before I went to sleep, I'd read a short story just because I wanted to maintain that part of my brain, you know, still feel like yeah. I had autonomy or something. That's yeah. so important. That's, and that's such a smart, where we did read that article, Missy, what was that? It was like almost uh -huh. out of spite. Like, I am going to stay up until two. Yeah, it's like yeah, revenge yeah, yeah. time. So I revenge time. Yeah. yeah. yeah you have that. to we'll, we'll try to find that uh, for your notes. Yes. We, yes. Will, put the, we will put that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd really want to talk about Ginger Mancino. Okay. okay. And uh, I remember talking to you years ago. I want to say we were maybe at the Texas Book Fest or Texas 
You know what I'm talking about. Writer's State um, of Texas. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. That's the one. And you were getting told by multiple people that no one wanted to read a book about a funny middle school girl. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to talk about that a little bit. And I'm glad you persevered and the book exists. It's a really sweet, funny story. And how did that feel? And what was it inside you that said, I'm going to someday make this happen? Uh, it felt terrible, to be honest, because, you know, you see all the time that women are funny and it's so, so sexist. And growing up, I wasn't outwardly funny, but I did have a good sense of humor. I was the kid that would whisper something funny to my friend and then my friend would say it and get the big laugh. And I'd be like, But there was, there was nothing really out there that nurtured my sensibilities so. Be funny. There, you know, I, I liked watching the Carol Burnett show, which I know Missy when your sons does. And I gravitated toward all that, but there weren't camps. There weren't even any role models besides like Irma Bombeck, who I was reading when I was six. I mean, you know, oh yeah, I hate it when my husband didn't clean up dishes, whatever. <laughs> but uh but that's why I'm like, I just loved uh, the impetus for the book was I read Mindy Kaling's first memoir, I think. And she said she was a comedy nerd growing up and I'd never defined it before. I'm like, oh, that's kind of what I was. Like I, I would watch SNL and I'd read all this stuff and I really you know, love all these comics and blah, blah. So I wanted to base the character around that, like a comedy nerd, because I figured there were many of us and many uh, kids growing up who didn't have a role model. So when my agent tried to sell the book, it got passed on by editors who said they loved my writing, but they found the girl comedian character too annoying. And my agent at the time said, if this was a boy, it would sell. You could change it to a boy himself. Because, you know, wimpy kid is annoying. And, you know, oh, yeah. Right. And boys get so much attention for being funny still in class. Like, the boys are always acting up well, still. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, I'm just going to, I couldn't see that. And I have two sons, but I'm like, I want something for girls. I, I want to address the, the I want to have the book that I would have loved to read at age 12. Mm-hmm. So I hung on to it, hung on to it. And finally, it was championed by a woman from Book Bar Denver who wanted to start her own imprint. And she loves it. And so she's publishing it. We have a female editor. He also is championing it. And I, I love the way it turned out. I'm really, really proud of it. And I'm getting such great feedback on it. So, I mean, I hope, I hope that it becomes a movie and a theme park ride. I don't know, but I'm, I'm really happy with it. But I, I have been teaching these comedy classes in Austin for kids. And most of the kids in it are, are girls. It's mostly girls. And, and they, have, uh, they have the goofiest, weirdest, most pure senses of humor. And some of these kids, you can tell their parents were like, Oh, we're getting you in a comedy writing camp because the way your brain works, like they just know it. And not every girl wants to write poetry or fiction or whatever. So I want to nurture that goofiness and that weirdness so it doesn't disappear when they turn 12 or 13 and it's no longer cool to be the weird girl. I want them to keep that voice going. So again, that's another reason I'm so passionate about Ginger. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be teaching more comedy writing classes for kids because of this. One summer, I had an eight-year-old girl whose parents obviously were like, okay, this, this is where you're going. to get her. Yeah, we need to harness <laughs> this. And I taught the kids, uh, when I, and I teach them comedy writing rules, like the rule of threes, where it's something, something. And I told them to write what they did this past summer. And this 
eight-year-old girl wrote, this summer I did a lot of things. I painted, I baked, I joined the Illuminati and isolated my parents. <laughs> eight years, I mean, eight years old. And you could, she just had that timing and that like that innate oh, ability. So great. But I'm like, yeah, I'm like, she's like a prodigy. I, I wanted, if I was a manager, like I would have signed her on the spot just to yeah, like sure. guide her career. But it's uh, kind of, I, I need to follow up and see what she's doing because that was just so pure and so funny and so instinctual that she got that you know I've taught I've taught human writing to adults who don't get that can't grasp that or they just you know it's not where they're it's not their niche it's not their way their brain works oh I hope she giggle about that all day she was fantastic well you know we're focusing a lot on the girls and i think there's it's very important we do that but i also just don't want to isolate any parents Mm -hmm. who are like oh would my son like this because Mm -hmm. i have a 12 year old son almost 13 who we were going to read the book together because we usually read a book together at night and i had left it in his room and then things got busy and we didn't do it for like a week or so and then i come home and i was like okay tonight's the night we're gonna read it he's like well i read it today mom (laughs) because we had left him alone for i don't know where we went um, and so, I mean, the fact that a 12 year old who had, I mean, we were out of the house, he could have just played video games yeah. all day, sat down and he started reading it and then just, he blazed through it. I was like, seriously, you read the whole thing. I started quizzing him and stuff on it. Uh, but yeah, he legit, legitimately did. And That's amazing. That. And I tried to, it. I tried to ask him, I said, well, do you think that it's more for boys or for girls he's like well i can't answer that i'm only a boy <laughs> like like i can't tell you what girls would think or what boys would think but just as a kid who's going through i mean he's kind of the silly funny kid too i think it's mm-hmm. so relatable on so many mm-hmm. different areas i mean all the kids even the cool kids i'm sure have those days where they feel like the world's against them and like sure, the, sure. Uh, granted her her crisis point in the book is a little oh my gosh I felt so bad for her <laughs> oh bombing at the talent show bombing at the talent show oh, I can feel yeah. it like inside me that was my editor said uh, when I was writing it she said that middle grade readers really appreciate sensory details you know like my stomach was flopping or you know they 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 react to the visceral yeah. descriptions of what your body's going through so I added a lot of that in yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's it's still my biggest fear is to get on stage and bomb and oh. it'll happen. It happens to George. Yeah. Sure. Which doesn't, should never stop you from trying, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm thrilled that loved it and read it. And, you know, there's Ginger makes friends with a 12 year old boy in her class who wants to be a film director. And then, mm-hmm. you know, their other friend is Daisy who wants to be a painter. So I love the part of the book. I know she you know, saying how much I love my own book. But um, <laughs> I, I really liked it that they, the friendship is so important and it wasn't, yes. you know, like a romance or anything. It's just friends supporting each other, which is, you know, that's the best part of my life right now is my friends who are always helping each other out or like the fact that you two are having me on the show is evidence of that. Like you're supporting me and, and uh, the book. Oh, well, you're a podcast legend. I think pretty much every episode we either mention Wendy or we mention sure. mom too. Like, mom too. Like, because, because Anne and Nancy get shout outs quite a bit too, but yes. those mom too connections have changed our lives. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I have a, in my tunic book, I have a chapter about going to blog her in Chicago, which you two will both appreciate, but just how 
I've never been anywhere before since like those conferences and the residual effects are still happening. I was on a humor writing panel one year with Jenny Lawson, who's now a best-selling author, and uh, Deb Rogers, who has a, her debut fiction book out this summer. That's amazing. But it's just, you know, we're all at the start of something it felt, yeah. mm-hmm. and all supporting each other and, and more than a mom, which I know is a terrible cliche, but, but that's, we were all there because we weren't, we wanted something besides just raising kids. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the whole premise of this podcast is moms and so much more. And and, yeah, there's no shame in exploring that. Like, in fact, there's no shame in exploring it. And I do have, I I know I keep talking about my books, but they're very top of mind. But in my tunic book, I transitioned to where after the stay at home mom years, everybody kind of starts going back to work or doing their what next, um, which I did. I don't know if I told you all, but I went through a round of trying to find a job and going on these really humiliating interviews with, uh, gosh, it's, oh. it's all in the book. I mean, oh my <laughs> God, it's terrible. I read that right it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And, and, you know, I fortunately had my humor that I, I used as a coping mechanism Man, that was just, it, it's humiliating and embarrassing and ageist. It, it was very uh-huh. difficult. And I wound up getting a job that I've had for three years that I loved in social media for a big um, domestic violence nonprofit. But I got the job through a friend who's my age, whose boss is, you know, it's yeah. all women, all helping each other. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going for like a 20 interviews at. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. I love how just all the stuff we're talking about for like being a mom is so tied into Ginger Mancino and like there's the humiliation. I mean, yeah. whether it's a job interview or whether it's bombing at a talent, show, talent show or yeah. whether it's, you know, trying that you don't do well. And then it comes back to having those friends to be able to just like, oof a comfortable space to be able to go back to and for them to support you and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. lead you in a new direction or to be able to support you with a talent to get you to that next step, you know, the video yeah. producer or whatever the case may be. So I encourage you to just keep, you know, to keep going because yeah. mm-hmm. we wouldn't, we feel this drive and it, there's something behind it and giving up is not serving anyone. And, uh, you know, the other thing too, my impetus was, I just had my second son graduate from high school and I just had this many years ago. I'm like, what am I going to be doing? Like, I didn't want to be like, pushing a cart and empty cart and target like following babies. Like, you know, I'm like, I want I <laughs> maybe to, once a week. Maybe yeah, once maybe a week. week. <laughs> like I need I need to have something in place. So I have 20 years of your life almost. Yeah. Um, but it's so smart. I mean you've had a running start to this empty nest. Yeah. I think it can be really abrupt for people who have devoted their mm-hmm. life and not explored anything outside of parenting. And then when they're all out of the house it it can be, I think, probably even a bigger shock to the system. So yeah. It's good to yeah, it's good to lay the groundwork years, years, or, years, years in advance. Years in advance, because I see that and I'm I'm uh, in one of the college uh, parents Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Oh God, aren't those fun? <laughs> oh my God. The parents are way too involved. And and I get it. I mean that's just that's how they're presenting being anxious about it. But they also have they're getting, you know, like, are there washing machines in the storm? I'm like, let your kid figure that out when they get there, you know? Yes. 
I, I, I understand it, but I, it makes me happy that I have something else going on besides that. Oh, I'm sure. One of my dear friends is a professor and like at a, he's a fairly small university and each mm-hmm. year, like he gets a group of freshmen that are his group to usher through their freshman year. And he gets phone calls from parents about they don't like this professor or they don't know oh where God. to go do their laundry or whatever it is. And I mean, it's so great. He started telling us this years ago and I'm so glad because it has been my focus from that when my kids were little bitty that I'm not going to be that mom. They have you, to go do this on their own. You'll both have seniors this year, right? Yeah. Junior. I have a junior. Oh, junior. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it's well, coming. No, hey. Hey, Missy, we need to do something in the show notes to tell people to go back to our Julie Lithcott Hames episode on how to raise yes. an adult. Because, yeah, that cannot mm-hmm. be reiterated enough. No, just, I like, will be on that mom what? Facebook group lurking, though. Oh, no, sure. I'm already in the little. No, you know, actually, I do love it. Grown and Flown has all these oh different God. parent groups for parents that are like getting kids ready for college and stuff. Oh. So there is one. There's a Grown and Flown group. For parents of creative illustrator design kids. So super niche. And I'm sure they have it for like engineering and for, you know, whatever. And so, I mean, it's been really helpful, but then I needed to just step back and be like, our friend Liz, our mutual friend, Liz Wendy, she's she's like, I'm not going in, but you just tell me anything I need to know from that group. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what everybody needs. They need yeah. someone to go and filter all the good stuff because the rest of it is yeah. just like, yeah, kind of like where are the wash machines are doing. Like, no, no. That's but, how I do our neighborhood is... group. Make Mark go in yeah. and read all the crazy. And then he just reports things to me. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So now I'm going back to the girl stuff because this reading this book just brought so much middle school angst back. I mean, it's just a tough time, I think, for boys, girls, anyone yeah. um, across the gender spectrum. So if you could like surgically implant the wisdom of middle-aged womanness, like your tunic, your woman who's wearing tunics now can be like, kid, don't worry about this. I mean, there's so many things I wish I could just surgically implant into my kids' heads and be like, just know this, just know this. Like, what, what do you think is that most important message or lesson that we could help impart? I think it's that nothing is permanent, that in this was the big lesson I had finally realized when my kids are small too, that everything is a, is temporary or it's, it's a phase, you know, you're not going to be 13 forever. You're not going to be in this lunchroom forever. You're going to move on to bigger and better things. You're going to be a more confident person. You know, my parents used to say that every bad thing when I, that I was experiencing in junior high was building character which I thought was just ridiculous. But now I'm like, yeah, it did. I mean, if I, if everything had been easy, I would probably be an asshole right now. But, you know, I wasn't invited to things or I didn't get on the cheerings or anything like that. Everybody has those things. Uh, You don't want it to be easy. Those are the people that nobody likes when they become adults (laughs) or, you know, or they're they're white collar criminals or whatever. (laughs) But that's what I would say that I just, get through this, get through there, yeah. There's so much better on the other side or that, that, wow. Uh, is it Dan Savage that has the group for LGBTQ yes, yes. kids? It gets better. Yeah, it gets basically better. that would be my big goal. Yeah. It gets better. And even when you're a new mom, it's going to get better. When you're their teenagers, it's going to get better. Like it's just going to keep getting better or, or different. Parenting teenagers is hard and you've launched too. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. I sometimes just want to be in the fetal position and I have great kids. They're great, you have kids. great kids. 
but I, I think it's still mine, hard. It's still hard. My, my, their, their teen years were fairly easy, but it's, it's just, you know, if you're an empath and seeing them looking at pictures of other classmates on social media or they didn't get invited. Yeah. That, that's the hard part. Just have to silently support. You can kind of make it worse if you run in. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had friends that, you know, Let's say, like, my daughter didn't, didn't get this part in school play. I'm going to take her to the Ritz Carlton for the weekend to make up. I'm like, oh, no, you don't need to do that. Um, you can like, just give her like a latte or, you know, but it's just yeah, like, right. just spend we, some time with her. Just spend some time because we're so uh, programmed to not let them do anything, especially if we're, we're able to help. So it's hard to stand back, but yeah. So anyway, that my advice to our middle school girl is just observe, see like what people are doing that you like, see what people are doing that you don't like, and then just continue to walk your straight line and and you know, you'll find the friends in the life that you want to have. It might not be now, but it's gonna happen. Yeah. And I love Ginger's point about you don't need to peak in middle school. <laughs> like, yep. like, don't be one of those people that like, that's literally the best year of your life because yeah. Yeah, there's so there's so much more. Well, yeah. When I was in middle school, I had a friend who had an older brother who was graduating. He was quite a bit older than us. And someone said, asked him something like, was high school amazing? And he said, high school's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. So, but if these are the best years of my life, then I hope my life ends because this can't be all there is. And he was oh, joking, but he's like, this cannot be it. I hope mm -hmm. I'm going on to bigger, better things. Mm -hmm. Please don't let this be the peak. And that stuck with me. I, I was probably 12 when I heard him say that. And I thought, he's right. Like, we have to go through these years, but these are not the best years. Not they the should be. Years. They should be Good. fine, but they're not the best. Not the best. No, you're still figuring out, like especially for you know it's it's pride month so many kids don't even know who they are what their identity is oh. going to be um right you know what i'm i hope you understand how i'm trying to explain that but uh, yeah no that we're all yeah, figuring yeah. it out even uh, mm -hmm. i mean that's part of the podcast too we're 50 year old women who are still trying mm -hmm. to figure out like who was it your was it a counselor you were meeting with missy and it was like what oh do you it was like? a therapist and, and yeah she like, said i don't know <laughs> He said, just tell me, tell me who you are. Tell me what Missy likes. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I could not. It had been so many years since I put any thought into it. And that was really eye-opening for me. And I started right then to think about it a little bit more. Yeah. And to be myself, to your point earlier about, I wish that I had been myself, whoever she was at that point, when my kids were younger, because I think I missed out on some wonderful relationships and connections because I just did, I was afraid that if they saw the real me, and heard what I thought about things, they wouldn't like me. And I, I wish I had known then who cares if that one didn't like me, maybe this woman would like me and maybe we'd be best friends today or, you know, be, who knows. And, and I hope our kids know that too. Yeah. I mean, if there's yeah. the core you who is you, but I mean, you know, you're going to have new experiences. You're going to meet new people. You're going to try new yes. things and that's going to influence what you like, who you are, not who yeah. you are, but you know, what, what you're into, what your interests are. So yeah, I don't get stuck in middle school. I love, yeah, that, that's a, the big thing I think about Ginger was yeah. the idea of just, yeah. I think she really kind of knew that core of who she was, and, but just didn't want to get stuck in the way that she presented it into the world or that she lived it through all the different areas of her life. So I just mm -hmm. think that's 
a good message for even all the grown-ups to like figure out what that thing is that lights you up and then try out all the different ways that you can integrate yeah. that into your life in small and big ways. Yeah, and find the people that recognize that and appreciate it. Yes. Well, you know, for people who live in Austin, you are lucky enough that on June 23rd, Book People is going to be having an Mm -hmm. event, correct? You want to talk a little bit about what the event is and we'll put put a link to it in the show notes? Yes. Well, the book comes out June 21st, but we are doing the party on June 23rd at Book People in downtown Austin. And I'm really excited because my good friend, Meredith Walker, from Amy Poehler's Smart Girls is going to be in conversation with me. And Meredith is a friend, gosh, we've been friends for 10 years, but she was somebody that I think we were introduced at WampCon, actually. We were introduced by Trish Morrison years and years ago. And it was one of those things that we were both so open to meeting somebody that got us, uh, that understood us at that point in our lives, that we have become fast friends I have a whole chapter in my book about finding friends in midlife too, which is uh, easier said than done, but there are some ways. Um, But anyway, so (laughs) Meredith, but Meredith and I have like very similar humor sensibilities and she's done a lot of work with smart girls with middle grade girls, encouraging them to be confident and use their humor for good and all of that. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm going to have ginger snap cookies i'm going to bully amanda into making for me yes (laughs) you should i would say at this age you should have one friend who has access to a lake house and one friend who is very good at entertaining and cooking just to make things easier on yourself but it should be good we've sold a lot of tickets and uh, a few days after that i'm teaching a kids comedy writing camp at perez elementary in east austin uh, via the Austin Batcave because I want to start doing more classes like that uh, just throughout the community. Uh, I really believe in them so strongly. Well, that my husband yeah. just wrapped up a class with the Austin Batcave that he was doing after school at an oh, elementary good. school. And we went, it's kind of a cool thing. The next year, they put all of the finished products of the kids into an anthology. And so they had a live reading at the Cherry Street Coffee House a few weeks ago that we went to, and all the kids got up on the stage and mm-hmm. read from their pieces. And it was, so I'll, I'll put a link to a picture of the book if anybody wants That's to buy cool. it. And support That's it. really great. I don't think I could have done that at that age. Oh, these no. kids got on were stage. amazing. I mean, some were out there like full out ginger mancinoing, and then some <laughs> like... I mean, one little girl, I felt her in every cell. Like she got up there and she just looked at the microphone. She's like, deep breath. And she read her thing. And then at the very end, you could, I don't know if she was grounding herself or just trying not to fall over. But then she took the same deep breath at the end and just walked off. And I was like, oh, girl, I felt every, they're so great. But yeah, I just love it. Austin Batcave is such a cool Mm -hmm. time. I'm so glad you're doing that. Yeah, thank you. Um, Where else can our listeners find you? Where's the best place to find you? Well, I'm redesigning my website. I took down all the blog stuff because that's cringy. Um, So (laughs) I'm trying to redesign it, but uh, I have uh, books for middle grade and books for middle age. That's kind of what I'm doing on there. But um, yeah, wendyarens.com. I'm always on Twitter. I'm on Twitter way too much. Um, Trying to get banned for... (laughs) Anything Same new. mean things to Ted Cruz, uh-huh. but but that's the thing with Ted Cruz. 
nobody reports you. You could say the worst thing on the planet to Ted Cruz, nobody reports you because nobody likes Ted Cruz. Yeah, you so, can anyway. his wife to his base and he doesn't. Exactly. Uh, so if you're yeah. feeling like getting some mean stuff out, just go to Twitter. But uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> uh, if you go to mixsweenies.net and uh, I'm the first author listed and I have a whole 10, 15 years worth of stuff there. And then, uh, so Ginger will be available everywhere books are sold starting June 21st. And then I'm wearing tunics now will be out October 4th. It's a big um, year for Wendy Aarons. Yes. And then I have a book about socks coming out next year from Chronicle Books. I saw that. Yes. Oh, and you have oh, the McSweeney's book, thing. too. Yeah, the I, I wrote, we were going to publish a book called Attention Passengers. That was an activity book for people at the airport. And I wrote the whole thing. We had the artwork done. It looked great. And then the pandemic happened. And so the book was put on hold and I'm not sure if it's going to come back or not because flying is more terrifying than comical at this point. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's something that would be a good thing to find in an airport bookshop. So you can kind of laugh through your tears. You need the well. release. Yeah. yeah. Well, somebody's punching out a flight attendant. You could be like, hey, I have my book. <laughs> I do the crossword puzzle. I, in our one little trip to LA, Suzanne and I went to Mom too. I saw oh, right. two massive meltdowns in the airport. Massive. And I just, I mean, used to, you could fly 10 times before you saw anyone behave At a little bit. For years. For years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's awful. People are feral. So people yes. are feral. So, so, all right. I think it's time for Look, Listen, Learn. Anyone who's here for the first time, we're so glad you're here listening for the first time. Our Look, Listen, Learns are something we do every week that's just a chance to get to know us in a little bit of a different way. We talk about something fun we're learning, listening to, reading, watching. They are sometimes very serious and educational and sometimes really ridiculous. Whatever is on your mind this week. And we don't like our guests to have to go first. So, Suzanne, you're up. All right. So, I am listening to oh my god i don't even want to admit it it's called the betrayal podcast mm. and i had just finished listening to what book was i listening to missy the silent uh, patient silent patient yeah so and i was and i'm kind of between books so i was like ah, i'm just gonna go so i went and just browsed through top shows and uh according to ginger mancino's rules i don't want to punch down or i don't guess it wouldn't be punching down i don't want to punch it all right now but, yeah. but it's it's not i'm not highly recommending it but <laughs> i was looking for something true crimey but it really is just kind of this sad woman whose husband cheated on her with like half the town and oh. interviewing all of the conquests <laughs> like and including one of them is a now a 21 year old, but he's in jail now because she was 15. One of his students, he was. Oh, coach. God. So it's very to catch a predator. Oh, kind of juicy, but sounds also kind of gross. But yeah, I thought it was going to be more of like the, the not the fun part of catch a predator. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> but I thought it was going to be more of the gotcha. Whimsical element. part. <laughs> such a whimsical show it is. it's so light and fun but no i thought it was gonna be more like the gotcha and the like you know the detective work that she had to do to go like track him down or whatever but yeah. it was very much like nope he's caught like by the first five minutes and now oh. let's just talk to everybody and like you know really give a platform oh to his methods for you know gaslighting and hunting down all these women um so that was gross i think uh, they have one more episode where she actually interviews him so i might stick around for that 
But yeah, so it's pretty much just like five hours of where did you have sex with my husband in my house? It's very, very bizarre. No, thank you. But it's ranked number two in podcasts, which says, you know, where humanity is right now. I fell for it, though. Darn it. Um, And let's see. I'm looking at I'm still looking at Friday Night Lights because I'm 10 years behind on my TV watching. But I'm so excited to report that East Dillon High is walking distance from our house. So like yes, we're going to go really? have a few beers and like reenact a few scenes. And then Coach Taylor's house isn't too far either. So I'm sure it's no dripping, been... isn't it? No. Well, his like real house isn't north, dripping. Northeast of Mueller. Yeah. No, the house yeah. from the show is just like. Oh, 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 oh yeah. No, I'm not going to like, well, I guess it's still annoying someone. But I'm sure no one goes by their house anymore. I'm probably like the first person in seven years that's Well, you know, including house. us, you, and, and I'm, I talked to another friend this weekend. We're all rewatching it right now. So there oh. might be some sort of Friday night lights assaunts going on. Like, I don't know. We're you know what? It's all it new people reason. move into Texas, I think. It's all maybe Austin. Maybe. Like me trying to Years ago, after they stopped filming in Austin, they had a big prop sale. So Chris and I went and I have, I was just wearing it yesterday, like a Dylan Panthers t-shirt and I have, I bought Tammy Taylor's black cowboy boots for $10. Yep. Cause they had all, uh uh-huh. And whenever they had a scene where there was like a rival high school, they, they would buy t-shirts. So they had like boxes and boxes and boxes of these t-shirts for sale. It was the best. Oh, so uh, I missed that. We had a sign that said Coach Taylor parking only. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Now I need to go on eBay because I got to hopefully yeah. some people have unloaded some of their merch that they got. Oh, for sure. That'll be yeah, a good Father's Day present. Well, and you, you've done some hanging out with Tammy Taylor. Oh, me? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Talk about <laughs> your six degrees of separation. No I kidding. Mean, even from the well, lights you have one with. Meredith and I were tasked with emceeing a Beto event at a East Austin park that nobody attended. And oh. we uh, were stuck on stage for like two hours to the point where I'm like uh, on my phone, like Siri, tell me a good political joke. And we were like, <laughs> whatever. So we're just like waiting around. And then all of a sudden Connie Britton shows up to support Beto and gets on stage. And, you know, it was really weird, but I got to meet Connie Britton. So cool. I used to take those BuzzFeed quizzes, like, which TV mom are you? And I just take mm-hmm. them over and over again till I got Tammy Taylor. <laughs> TV mom I want to be. <laughs> I at least just game the quiz till I got the answer I wanted. <laughs> I do that with all the quizzes. Okay. So that was my looking, learning. No, I didn't learn anything this week. So no, okay. I think we're good. So Wendy, have you look, learned, listened to anything this week? I've been, I, I do like true crime, but I have a quibble with, these shows I've been watching. I watched The Staircase on HBO. Oh, yes. And then I also watched the Under the Banner of Heaven series we on Hulu. I just They're started so... that and I'm not driven to finish it. Yeah, they should be about half as long as they are. Mm-hmm. And they get so long and drawn out that it just, yeah, I lose interest and I get annoyed that I don't even want to finish. And I think the, um, Anna Delvey one was the same way. Like they just had way too many episodes of it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how, I guess that's a creative choice, but it, yeah, the, the stories 
were not, by the time they got done, I'm like, I'm happy he pushed her down the stairs. <laughs> the staircase, I have, I mean, I just paused. I don't know what episode yeah. I'm on. I can't make myself go back either because no. wherever I am is so dull right now. So and of course, we've heard the story a zillion times. Yeah, we've like, I've seen the, the documentary. I've watched the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why we watched the documentary of it. And Chris mm-hmm. is like, I don't know if we can just sit there because they always just had like the same two pictures that they would just like have voiceovers <laughs> and the same two pictures over and over. Like, I don't know if I can do that again. I mean, they're all really well done and acted, but it's just yes. plotting, plotting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So not not highly recommended. We have a, our look, listen, learns are all the stuff not to do. We're, we're, <laughs> oh, oh, I, I am enjoying Hacks season two. Also. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to talk about. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Talk. Let me hear what you think. Okay. Well, are you do you have any more look, listen, learns? Uh, what about, no, that's it. I'm not learning anything. <laughs> so yeah, I was going to. We did Hacks season one and a look, listen, learn. I don't know back when hack season one was on and i finished season two last night it's available you can watch the whole thing and i just thought it was really well done i can't mm-hmm. get enough of gene smart hannah Ein, is it einbender yes how you say her name yes. um i just i just find her captivating like i can't take my eyes off of her and you know uh, who her mother is yes yes lorraine yes. newman Yes, I didn't find that out until recently. Okay, who's I me mean, either. Newman? When I went in on, I had to do a deep dive on her because I'm kind mm-hmm. of obsessed with her. And then I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. your mom. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, so I just thought Newman? it was beautiful. From the original SNL, SNL. Mm-hmm, back in the day. Oh, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd know her if you saw her probably. So yeah, totally love hacks. I think and talk about timing, pacing, all of it, I think is really well done. And so well done. So bingeable and I finished it last night actually and felt a little bereft because now it's over and I hate mm. that. Um, and I don't know if there's going to be a season three. Oh, it, for sure. It feels done, but also that there could be another season. They've kind of left it mm. in a good spot, I feel like. So, and I'm maybe, reading this week. I was going to say maybe somebody will push the other down the staircase. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll have seven shows about it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Kind of like uh, that so lady who just got busted, farm. who she was the What's author it? of How to Kill Your Husband. Yes. She just got busted yes. for killing yes. her husband. Like, come on, lady. Who so. showed, somebody saw that in the library recently. Maybe it was What Fresh Hell Lady, somebody posted they found oh the book my in God, the library. Oh, so bad. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, uh, what else do you, what do you, what do you So I'm reading there? this, Funny Farm, and it's by Lori Zaleski. And so it's a really interesting book. She goes back and forth between her childhood and then now having this rescue sanctuary for over 600 animals. And it's, so you have like a sweet little animal story and then you have really traumatic stuff about her childhood, but it's explaining how she got where she is. And I'm not quite done with it yet, but it is a sweet and also difficult book to read at times, but I'm enjoying it that if you can say that about a book, that kind of content. So that, and then my bird lady stuff. I've been a bird lady for years. I love to watch the birds. My kids make fun of me. Like I entered my middle age, sit on my porch with my coffee, watch the birds. But we have had the hardest time finding a bird feeder that the squirrels can't undo. I mean, they're really, really smart. Those little devils. Solution. So, well, I have a bird feeder. Okay. Knock on wood that I think is going to be the one. It's been full for a month. They have yet to undo it, um, but it's called the Yankee Whipper. There's also a Yankee Flipper. Uh, they're not the cheapest bird feeders, but they're kind of the heavy. one that like destroys the squirrels? Like they stand if on they it and get... it throws them to the ground. Yes. Oh. If they get on the perch, it's like, <laughs> boom. of course they fly and they're fine. They're fine. They are fine. Um, and the lid's really heavy. So I see them out there periodically trying to pry the lid off, but they can't get it. They stand on it, first of all. So like they're standing on the lid trying to take it off. They might not be that smart. 
but um, it's heavy and they so far have not figured it out All right. and can't. And if they do manage to shimmy down the side of it, they get flipped off. So I think it might be the one. And it has really been like, I've had a full month of not waking up to bird seed dumped all over the ground. And like the birds have really found it. And we have so many little friends in our backyard now. So um, I highly recommend that you spin the dough on the Yankee flipper or whipper. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll link to both of our competing squirrel proof bird feeders. Yeah. We've been going for We've a bought, year. Okay. That's good. We've bought every squirrel buster, squirrel proof squirrel. <laughs> like I can't tell you how many feeders we've been through. I've greased poles so they can't climb up and down them. Like it's been a project for years and I, this is the happiest I've been. So. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, it looks like your car is probably done. I saw a little wave there. Has Chris showed up? <laughs> yeah, he's right over there. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> he's so patient waiting. Oh, well, we are so glad you were able to join us today and so excited. I don't have a cover for the I'm wearing tunics, but I'm just going to give yeah. a close up of the Ginger Mancino book. We're so bad at this, Missy. I'm like, we're. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, well luckily, it's mostly it. an audio format. Like the yeah, three people so. who might watch the YouTube at some point. My mom watches yes. it. She'll love to see it. <laughs> um, We're getting our copy of the book when we go on the 23rd. I know. Hey, good, good, good. Maybe I'll do a giveaway of that book since I, have, <gasps> yeah. since I already have one. So we'll do that one. That's you got to sign them and all that kind of stuff. We'll make it a yeah. All right. Well, terrific. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad you were able to. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes. And yeah, we will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. On everything. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com, with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private Mom and Community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.